Have you ever found yourself in relationship after relationship or marriage after marriage only to find that the next relationship or marriage you're in, you have these same issues, just a different person with a different name. Honestly, I don't know what the actual definition of serial monogamy is, but what has come to mean to me is when you jump from one relationship to another without ever healing and integrating the negative stories, conditioning, and patterns that led to the demise of the previous relationship in the first place. Therefore, you bring in the same old negative stories, conditioning, and patterns into the new relationship, leading to the demise of that one as well. And it just keeps going and going. And when you hear this, it sounds crazy that anyone would go relationship to relationship like this. But the truth is, most people do. Because at our core, we are social beings with a deep longing to be in relationship with another. But for those relationships to be truly fulfilling and satisfying, it does require that we look at our shit, that we find the common denominator in all of our so-called failed relationships, which is always and only ever you. Not your narcissistic or abusive partner, but always and only ever you, because you are the only one that has attracted and chosen that relationship in the first place. In today's podcast episode with Amy A, she is a graduate of one of my coaching programs. You're going to learn how Amy healed and integrated the negative stories, conditioning, and patterns around relationship at the deepest level. She had been through four marriages and divorces and how she ultimately attracted a current sacred partnership. I have done an episode on the difference between twin flames, soulmates, and sacred partners, and why you would want sacred partnership in the first place. Amy is definitely one of these people who is all about bringing in a person of same caliber who has done the work and who is ready for growth and transformation themselves. And she actually attracted this sacred partnership while in one of my coaching containers. You'll learn also how she was chosen for the first time by her man. <laughs> After being married four times, this was something that she was always doing the choosing. She was always the one picking the partner and she knew that she could get a partner. But in this story and how it was so different was how she totally dropped into her feminine and was allowing herself for the first time ever to be chosen. You're also going to learn how she learned to become interdependent in a world of toxic feminism that's taught you to be hyper dependent. I'm going to share more about that in just a second. And you're also going to learn how she finally learned to love her body. Even after all the years of therapy she'd been through, lots of trauma healing she'd been through, never did she get this far and the level of healing and integration that took place while working with me. So you're going to hear how all of that went down. Now, what I love most about this episode and Amy's story is how it highlights such a damaging story that many of us were raised by. If you're a high achieving woman, you got raised during the heights of the feminist movement. Uh, I did even my mom from South Louisiana, who is totally, you know, religious and still Southern Baptist, how even her and her mindset around relationship and men swung me to one side of the hyper independent part when I became a single mom. And I find that with many single moms, this tends to happen is that you become so hyper independent that you 
don't know how to lean on anyone that you have to take on everything. And it just becomes this rigid thing where it's really hard to relax and receive. So you're going to hear in Amy's story as a single mom, uh, how she finally learned how to let men do for her and to receive from men. So Amy's story really highlights how this thread of the negative feminism bullshit around being hyper independent shows up in intimate relationship and sexuality. And it details exactly how she learned to lead with a divine feminine on board and not a wounded version of the feminine. So be sure to listen all the way to the end, because at the end, she shares her story about how she finally learned to love her body. And don't be surprised if you tear up or start crying a little hearing her story and talking about just how much she loves every single part of her. It definitely put a tear in my eye. My loves, to implement the change that you're going to hear in Amy's life, be sure to check out the Centrally Embodied Woman webpage and learn how you too can experience this total transformation in your relationships and sex life as well. So check out the link in the show notes to learn all of the details of the program, to book the call, and to apply for the program. Without further ado, here is Amy. This is the Multi-Orgasmic Mama, the podcast for high-achieving moms to have sex worth putting the energy in for. I'm Tilly Storm, a holistic sex and intimacy coach, and it's my mission to help you want to want sex again, to have better orgasms, and to feel confident and sexy so you experience more pleasure in the bedroom and beyond. Welcome back to the podcast, my loves. It's Tilly Storm, and I have Centrally Embodied Woman graduate, Amy, on with us today. Hello, Amy. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm so wonderful and excited to talk to you about your experience and what it's like to work on your sexuality. So tell me a little bit about your reason for joining this program and working on your sex life and relationship, my dear. Where were you when we first Mm. talked? When we first talked, I had just come out of an experience where a family friend who I had known my whole life had rekindled a relationship with me and coming off of the tail end of four divorces already, I thought, oh, wow, this is an amazing opportunity with someone that I actually know and blah, 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 and trust and all of these kinds of things. And all of the elements were there, but As it turned out, he did not want to have anything more than a sexual relationship with me. And my nervous system was just absolutely on flipping fire. I mean, I just didn't have any true concept of what a healthy relationship should look like. I had gone through four marriages already and never had an orgasm with a partner. I was a mess. To boot, I had never really dealt with a lot of the the physical effects and the physical storage of the trauma that I went through because of sexual abuse as a child. I had a lot of stuff to work on. I had been through years and years and years of therapy, lots of inner work, lots, lots of spiritual work, lots of all kinds of different work, but had never dealt directly with the trauma. As a consequence, I was really blocked in terms of the pleasure that I was able to receive. Yeah. Well, that makes sense to me, but it's really amazing how many people go to therapy for years and never actually talk about sexual trauma. Yeah. I mean, I learned all kinds of techniques, 
you know, to deal with all of the effects of the PTSD and all this kind of stuff. But what it didn't help me do was to grow beyond that kind of the shell of the bubble of therapy, (laughs) that understanding, you know, that I did go through trauma, that it was something that could have lasting effect and that it was something that I could live with and deal with and all that kind of and recover from, but had never even considered that it might be keeping me from being able to have pleasure in all kinds of different areas. And so that's where I was when we started. Hard to believe. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, take me on that journey of recognizing that there was something going on in your sexuality and your relationship patterns that made you think, huh, I should really invest in this area of my life because what I've been experiencing is no longer working. How did that thought process go for you? It was a no brainer really, because I had finally come out the other side of a probably the worst relationship that I had had so far, um, which was with a narcissist who had made up a whole entire another life and had an an affair with a a woman who had made up an an entirely different persona for and all of this kind of stuff. And I had found out about it. And I had to look at, you know, like after four failed marriages, what common denominator was me, right? I mean, it's ridiculous to think that this really has to do with just them. I mean, it's never, in my experience, never a one-way street. There's always stuff on both sides that are kind of drawing you together to look at this really most inner inner work that has to happen in these intimate relationships. It's made so obvious in these intimate relationships. And so I was just finally at a place where I was ready to really hone in on making making it different for myself this time. Because I am a person who really loves to be with other people. I had, you know, when I got out of this last relationship, I was like, you know, if I ever see another penis, it'll be too soon. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, with more than a year past that, without going on any dates or anything like that, I really <clears throat> was at a different place. I had come to a place of peace in my life. I was really comfortable with where I was and who I was. And I had started taking better care of myself and had, I've been a long time meditator and um, meditate every day and had just really come to a completely different level of understanding about myself and peace and, and love. And so I was like, you know, it's probably not a bad thing to get some help though with all of the things that I really want, because I didn't want to get back into a relationship that was going to be another stuck in the mud kind of a a deal. I felt like I had learned that lesson um, and that I needed to really be able to be free to be me and be free to experience all that life has to offer. Uh, what I knew for sure was that I didn't have the tools to do that on my own. Finding finding your program was just a godsend in so many different ways. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Tell me a little bit about the serial monogamy and the relationships. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I've always been a serial monogamist. I'm, I mean, like my first long-term committed relationship was when I was 14. <laughs> so and that was for lasted for two years. 
so I have never really been somebody to play the field or to date a bunch of people at once. I, I did date several people at once following my first divorce because I just didn't want a committed relationship. And, but they knew, uh, they all knew that I will not. And, but I didn't consider myself to be committed to them. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was all, um, I don't know if they, what do they call that now? Ethically non-monogamous or something like that. But it wasn't a, um, it wasn't like me and it stressed me out. I didn't like myself. The serial monogamous in me got married very early. I was um, 21 years old when I got married the first time. So I was married nine years and we divorced. Then I went through another trauma through Hurricane Katrina and went to Arizona with um, one of the men that I was dating at the time. And we kind of, I think we just bonded over this natural disaster and kind of fused together because we, we needed to pool our resources and all that kind of stuff. And we got married four years after that and then had a child together, went back to New Orleans and then wound up coming back to where I grew up to be closer to family and family support. And again, was the same. It was the same kind of a situation. Like it was not a fulfilling relationship. I had a tendency to lose myself and my partner. I wasn't sure who I really was, except that it was tied to my ability to produce and to be able to support my partner. So I did a number of different things in order to be able to prove my worthiness and none of it worked. And I wound up feeling depleted and used and it was just not an okay situation. And so we wound up divorcing as well. Then I found through the reconnection on Facebook with an old flame from college, my next husband, who I was married to for like five minutes, <laughs> no more than five minutes, but, uh, but we literally never lived together. Like, we went on our honeymoon. We took my son with us because he hadn't really had the chance to bond with my, my new husband. And so we took him with us and he wound up hurting him while we were on our honeymoon. And when we got back, I was like, okay, so you go live in your house and I live in my house. And we never even lived together and got divorced. And then the last one that I had was a man that I had worked with for a long time and I had a lot of respect for. He had overcome a whole lot of different difficulties in his life. And I found that to be very strong. And, you know, I'm attracted to transform transformative people. And again, though, it was just insecurity after insecurity after insecurity on his part. And finally found narcissistic bent toward just like lying and gaslighting. And it was more involved and worse in terms of its effects than any of the others had been. When I got out of that marriage, I was like, I'm totally done. Like, this is, I, you know, I don't know if I ever want to be married again. I'm definitely not before my child leaves the house. And I wanted to still be in relationship or be able to be in relationship, but not necessarily the kind of relationship that I understood or knew. You know, that's a very different place to be is, you know, it's, it's one thing to say, oh, never again. It's another thing to say. I do want this in my life and I want it to be healthy and I want to be productive and I want it to be pleasurable and I want to be able to really show up emotionally. I want to be able, be able to be available to be the partner that I am looking for. That's really where the rubber met the road and what brought me to where I am now. Yeah. 
Wow, there's so much relationship trauma that could make it really easy for you to just throw in the towel. And I remember you were like, maybe I'll just do women. <laughs> maybe I'll just date women. Yeah, I was totally, yeah, I was like, you know, it's possible. Right. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it would be different. Yes. And mm. it's so funny because when we have so many things like this happen with relationship after relationship that doesn't work out and the terms that we think working out means it's easy to blame it on someone. Oh, he's a narcissist. He's this, he's that, or whatever, whatever. But you were, you know, obviously someone that vibes with personal growth and development and transformation. And I love how you recognize that you were the one common denominator and all of those things and taking the responsibility for that. And I know you'd been to lots of therapy before. So tell me what was sexually going on for you? What were some of the hangups that you were experiencing prior to Mm. working with me? Yeah. So I always faked orgasm always. I mean, except when I was by myself (laughs) Mm. because of different factors. I think one was that I really just didn't have a whole lot of pleasure. Like I wasn't actually feeling a whole lot of pleasure with a partner, with penetration in particular. Most of the orgasms that I had were clitoral and produced in the same way. Now, looking back on it, I can see that because of the trauma that I had been through as a kiddo, I didn't have a good connection between pleasure and sex. I had a connection between sex and love and abuse. So when those three wires got crossed, it did some interesting things. First, I became sexually active really early. Um, I lost my virginity when I was 14. I thought that it was how I could get love. And I continued to repeat that pattern all the way until until our program. I really did not realize that sex was something that could be done for fun. <laughs> it wow. was always something that was the linchpin in securing attachment. And I wanted so desperately to be attached. Um, One of the things that you taught me, that you encouraged me to do was to amass my mantourage. (laughs) You may remember. And I was like, what? No, (laughs) I couldn't do that. I couldn't date multiple people at the same time. What are you talking about? A friend of mine had given me an online dating membership for my birthday and I had not used it at all. And one of the things that you and I had talked about as well is was my tendency to throw myself into work and to overwork and to work too much, doing things that I didn't want to be doing and all this kind of stuff. And so when I started the program, I was working two jobs and I, I had gotten laid off from one of those jobs after we had a conversation about how I didn't want the job and the one job anymore. <laughs> And yeah, some of my time freed up and I was like, well, maybe I could like go out online and find someone. But at the time that I actually committed to the current relationship that I'm in, I think there were nine guys kind of in the hop that I was talking to at the same time and several that I had seen and all that kind of stuff already. And, but yeah, like there was quite a few and I think online dating, although it's own very special circus is good for that in terms of being able to carry on multiple things at a time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So I had the thought in my head that I could only be with one person at a time, that sex was something to use basically 
to secure attachment and that it wasn't necessarily about my pleasure. I mean, I had a whole lot of growing up information religiously and otherwise culturally, just being a woman in today's day and age that said that pleasure was for the man, that it was, wasn't about the woman for procreation only, only to be done with the one person that you wanted to be with for the rest of your life, like all of those kinds of things. And so I think between all of the indoctrination and the abuse and all of that kind of stuff, it was just programming that led to numbness that led to a lack of desire to get to know my own body, shame, guilt, all of the the ingredients that kind of keep things secretly tucked away that we don't want to talk about with anyone. Mm-hmm. And so it was tough to get to the place where I was ready to take a look at all of that. But in the free space of, hey, I don't want to get married, but I do want to be able to be with someone. It kind of opened the door for this whole realm of pleasure and setting different expectations for myself and pushing the boundaries, pushing the envelope of what I could really be willing to allow myself to receive. When we started doing our jade egg practice, that was really transformative for me. Mm-hmm. And I got a lot out of the dearmoring process too. And I think dearmoring will probably be something that I do and jade egg will be something that I do for the rest of my life because it is so good. It's so good just to be able to get rid of all of that stagnant energy and all of the trauma that we continue to compound upon ourselves with just our own thinking and our everyday lives and all of the stuff that we're fed every day about how we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to look like and how we're supposed to smell and what we're supposed to taste like and all these things. You know, that stuff isn't lost on anyone, I don't think. I think it it, it is part of our culture. It's part of what we take in. And I think you'd have to be a nun or maybe that wouldn't even work (laughs) in order to be able, in order to be able to escape that kind of junk. I think it'll just be something that I, that I do for myself as part of my own self-care for the rest of my life in order to continue to build my capacity for pleasure, which is kind of where I am at this point. Like I'm, I am at such a different point now than I was when I started, mm-hmm. but um, I hope that I hope that answers the question. Yeah, for sure. You had these serial monogamy patterns, and when people like you and I, I'd been married and divorced twice. Uh, so I think once you you've been there, done that, and you also have kids, and you're doing the single mom thing too, and introducing new men into your kids' lives, like it's so much. And then you just realize like, oh, this isn't worth it. But what I find the difference between people like you and I who can find a way to make relationship work, even in our unique circumstance versus people who just give up is the knowing that there's more to relationship than what we learn about growing up. Uh, There's Mm -hmm. more to relationship than what Disney and Hollywood teaches you that it's not, you know, this being swept off your feet and everything's going to be okay. It's not like the fairy tale ending, but sacred relationship and sacred partnership is a totally different game. And it does not live by the same rules as what you and I were taught growing up. So I'm wondering, what have you begun to notice now that you've attracted a new man and a new partnership? What does it feel like 
relationship wise to have really gone in and done that deep inner work and healing around what relationship used to mean to you versus what it means now. There is so little that I recognize in my current relationship that it feels all new. First, I want to say that it, it is so much deeper than just a sexual relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one of the things I think is good too about online dating, right? Is that you can get to know someone fairly quickly, but also my boyfriend is a long distance relationship as well. And so a lot of what we have is through communication rather than through physicality. And that has been a wonderful change in and of itself for me. It has opened the door to more of an emotional and spiritual connection than I have ever had. But I also think it's because I myself am more available emotionally and spiritually to be the partner that I was really looking for. And that's one of the effects that it has had. On the physical front, I have had so many different kinds of orgasms and so many um, just amazingly, it's like, an, it's like a spiritual experience. He and I both have said that it was felt like we were on drugs to be together physically. The way that I approach sex is so different. How I'm willing to give pleasure is so different. How I'm willing to receive pleasure is so different. And I just feel so much more authentic and vulnerable and able to really be there for him and show up for him as a complete partner and not have to feel like he needs to change in some way, not feel like he has to do anything in order to make me happy because I'm already happy. And he's there to support me in attaining my goals and in, and in bringing me pleasure. Like he is just as invested in bringing me pleasure as I am in, in bringing him pleasure. And it's really an amazing gift. It's an amazing partnership because we have a lot of things in common, but we also approach the world from these two different places because we all do. We're all individual. We're all different. It's a beautiful synergy of desire to take care of the other and to pleasure the other and to be there for each other. And, you know, sometimes in relationship, one person can show up, I think, more than another person. Sometimes they, we have different things going on in our lives. It's kind of like um, shifting weight from foot to foot in order to walk knowing that the commitment is there and that it just may look different from time to time. And so it's a beautifully, wonderfully freeing place to be coming from now. And it is so much more rewarding and so much deeper and richer than I could ever have imagined. And in such a short amount of time, we haven't been together, but just a month. And it's been amazing. We both had a lot of hard things going on in our lives and we're not together every day. Yet, I feel so much more connected and so much more authentic in my ability to show up that it has been a richer and much more fulfilling experience than I've ever had in any other relationship I've ever had. Yeah. And I would say that a lot of what you're experiencing now isn't just because of the new relationship energy and all that, but because of all of the healing and integration we got to do around your wounded. Yes, girl. (laughs) Yes. So much healing work done. 
Yeah. yeah. And so I just want to highlight that, like, you had this wounded inner feminine that learned how to manipulate and you could get a guy at the snap of a finger. Like you knew your ability to be able to call in a person and you were great at doing it, but you doing this inner work and integration and healing around your own wounded feminine and the masculine. Okay. Tell us about that. Mm. Golly, we have done so much work around that together. I think though, it's important to say that some of the most pivotal work that we did was around you helping me uncover that I didn't feel safe in the world, but I didn't feel, I didn't feel safe in my body, helping me to get to the place where I could be the source of my own safety instead of looking to somebody else to provide that for me, led me to the realization that always, 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 I had tried to make everybody outside of me happy in order for me to feel safe. And that's not where safety comes from. That was huge. That was a huge piece. And that wounded little girl who is so beautiful. (laughs) And also, my gosh, in heaven, she has like a little packet of issues, <laughs> you know, she is so welcome now. And I can, I can see her. I can hear her. I can feel her. I know when she is talking to me because we've done the somatic work to identify where she actually is, how she talks to me through my body, all of those kinds of things. And so now I can actually recognize when she needs attention and just talk to her and ask her what she needs. That's a huge piece. That's a huge piece. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I had always been the man in all of my relationships and the male energy and all of my relationships was not lost on me, but it was so different. The way that you made it obvious to me that what I needed to do to shift the dynamic and to become the woman, to be able to step into my feminine and to be able to really nurture that was gorgeous. It was transformational. It still is to this day. And I still have the tendency to be a giver. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still have the tendency to tap into that masculine energy. But I do also have the ability to be in my feminine and to receive and to really sit back and to watch and to be more objective and to wait for my good to come and to receive the pleasure. You know, it's so that space, being able to hold space for my partner in that way is amazing. I feel like that's probably the crux of this work. It was the healing of the trauma and the ignition of the divine feminine, the recognition of the divine masculine. And not just the recognition of it, but the integration of the wounded parts of it, because part of you attracting your current partnership right now happened because you were able to finally step into an empowered divine feminine version of yourself and not a wounded younger self, which the difference looks like this for all of you that are like, Tilly ain't following. None of this makes sense to me. What this looks like is do you approach relationship and attracting love and dating from a manipulative space where you feel that you need to get something from them? You feel that, you know, you need this person to make you whole versus I'm going to sit back in my pleasure and enjoy all of these nine men that I'm talking to. And I'm going to wait for them to choose me because I am the prize 
And I can always say no if I want, but because I'm the freaking prize, there's nothing for me to try and get. There's nothing for me to try and manipulate. You right. stepping into your divine feminine is, is the thing that attracted this guy who did choose you. Mm. Tell us about that. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and what was funny too, is that we both knew very quickly, like I knew very quickly that he was not one of these things wasn't like the others, you know, and he knew the same thing about me. We talked for the first like three days or so we talked for over five hours a day. It was just ridiculous. We laughed so much. We had so much in common. It was just hitting on all cylinders from an intellectual, physical, emotional, a spiritual level. It was just all there. He was actually the one who said, want to take my dating profiles down, right? And I want you to do. And I was like, yes, I'm saying yes. <laughs> we even, we did that before we even met. So we met shortly after that. And, you know, I was nervous because I had said yes before I had even laid eyes on him, really. I mean, we had seen each other through FaceTime, but not in person. We're about six hours away from each other. And so we met um, in the middle and it was just magical. It was so much more than I could ever have anticipated. Since then, we have been together again and it gets better and better. It gets richer and richer. We're very new, but at the same time, we're dealing with a lot of adult issues and things like that. And so it's not all, it's not a fairy tale. I never was looking for a fairy tale. I was looking for real. I was looking for something that was real. But yeah, that's the first time that I have ever been in a situation where I kind of just sat back aloud and let it happen. I'll never forget the feeling of that either, of being chosen, of feeling treasured, feeling cherished, feeling honored by someone wanting you to be theirs. That's really special. I'm so glad that it unfolded and it happened the way that it did, even though it was really fast. It was just like we just knew. I love this for you so much because it just proves that you don't have to do all the things. This mm -hmm. toxic feminist movement is, is really mm -hmm. not helping a lot of people when it comes to attracting relationship because it's coming from a place of, oh, I don't need a partner. I don't need anything. So I'm going to do it all myself, right? So you do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's what I was taught. I was totally taught that by my grandfather. Yeah. of all people, you know, who like really loved me and was really looking out for me. Well-meaning, it was well-meaning, intentional teaching that I got from someone that was very important to me. And at the same time, you're 100% right. It is absolutely toxic. It is not needed. You know, after my grandfather died, my grandmother lived another 28 years. She was 102 when she died. She was my very best friend in all the world. And I got to spend the last 15 months of her life with her. I was talking to her one day and she was like, well, Amy, what do you think is going on with all of these? You know, why do you think you've gotten married so many times? And I was like, well, grandma, I think it's because granddaddy taught me never to rely on a man. And so I've been the man in all of my relationships. I mean, I, I had the wherewithal to tell her that, but I didn't know how to change that. And she said, well, don't you think that's a little harsh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, like that doesn't make any sense. Why would you feel that way? Yeah. This is what she's saying, right? Yeah. And she was the most loving, kind, nurturing, amazing woman I've ever known. 
And I was like, well, gosh, I wish I hadn't lived that out my whole life before talking to you about this. <laughs> you know? I didn't know how to change it. It didn't, you know, I didn't know how to change it at that point because it was such a big part of me. You know, this whole idea behind feeling feminine and being feminine and nurturing my feminine, loving it, worshiping it. It has been such a revelation to me. I remember um, writing a love letter to my pussy and being like expounding on all of these things that I loved about her. And it feels so good to say those things and to feel that way and to write it down and to be able to verbalize that this sacred part of me that makes me part of who I am is divine and it is powerful and it deserves everything that it wants. (laughs) And I have to say too, that being in this new relationship too, has opened me back up to the thoughts of marriage and has opened me back up to what it really could mean to be in the same place with a person instead of having a long distance person. Cause you, you may remember too, where I was like, yeah, I don't think I want to be with anybody who's like in town with me. Do you remember that? (laughs) And I manifested that for sure. And now I'm like, Oh God, but I miss him so much. (laughs) It's um, wonderful that I have the chance to experience all of those polarities to have the longing and also to be present during that longing, which creates, in the words of my father, belonging, being present while longing, creates mm. belonging, which I love. And I think ultimately that's really what I've been looking for all along is this sense of belonging. Yeah. Well, I, I love helping women return to the feminine. You know, if that's the predominant energy that you want to be in most of the time, and you want to experience more pleasure, ease and grace and all these beautiful, wonderful flow states. And, you know, what women say that they want is often the thing that they don't feel that they can be, or that it's wrong to be. So returning back to that state inside of you that can allow, that can receive, that can experience pleasure, uh, that can trust herself again, that can go and, and flow and be creative and be just in your own divine feminine essence. It's so beautiful to watch women heal from this toxic feminism. I'm just going to call it that because I don't know what else to say. It, it sounds like very kitschy, the toxic masculine, you know, whatever. Like I hate saying words like that because it's just so overdone, but yeah, I mean, it really has played a really big role in why relationships have been so tumultuous for the yeah. last several generations of people. And also at the same time, mm-hmm. I'm very much about women being empowered and women, you know, yeah. having equality and all of that too. So it's not like I'm saying, no, that's bad. No, not at all. It's that if you are a feminine woman and want to be a feminine woman, a lot of what you were taught from the feminist movement is really unhelpful to creating this type of sacred partnership and relationship that you've been wanting to create for so long. Yeah. Yes. And I think it teaches us to be more masculine in our feminine presentation and in our physical and our feminine ideology. It robs us of the ability to feel and fully experience all of the pleasure that there is around being a woman. Yes. 
and you know what I'm talking about? I mean, it's, it has had um, an ironic effect. Yeah. Awesome. Well, tell me what were your greatest wins from working with me Mm. in this program? I don't even know how to start talking about all the wins, Tilly. There's so many, but I'd say that one that really comes to mind is that I love my body. (laughs) Wow. That for all, yeah, that for all of it changes over the years and all of its imperfections and all of its everything. I love my body. I love my breasts. I love my pussy. I love my legs. I love my belly. I love my shoulders. I love my body. This is the first time in my whole life that I have ever felt comfortable being me. And I'm not in the best shape I've ever been in and, you know, all of those kinds of things. And it doesn't matter. Like I have more self-love than I have ever felt it in my entire life. That's huge for a girl who grew up with eating disorders and all kinds of shame and guilt and abuse and all of that jazz. And I've never, ever felt comfortable in my body. I'd say that that's probably one of the top ones. And I think that it has actually come from the fact that I was really doing the the daily practices from the somatic relief work that we did and from the data practices and from the breathing work and just like sounding and moving my body and getting more in touch with my body and then allowing the pleasure to come and having orgasms, I have to say is really awesome. (laughs) That would also be a huge win. (laughs) Having multiple, multiple orgasms, different kinds of orgasms in different ways with my partner. And I have to say that it thrills him as well. He also loves um, loves it that I am orgasmic and that I am not afraid to make sound and I'm not afraid to move and I'm not afraid to try new things and all of those, all of it, you know, all of it that comes with this just sacred sexuality that we're practicing here. Mm. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. So I would say that uh, I guess a lot of it has to do with the, with the physical nature then of the program for me. Um, I mean, I've, I've gotten so much mentally and emotionally in all kinds of different ways, but I guess the top one is really physical for me that I'm you know, that I'm able to really love and appreciate my body, that it's capable now of doing things and delivering pleasure I never had before. Those are probably the top two. <laughs> I'd say that those are pretty good. <laughs> those are pretty yes. good. Ones. And what scared you most about joining the program and how did you overcome it? I guess I was scared because I didn't really know much about my body in the first place. You know, like I didn't know all of my parts. I didn't know where to find everything. I didn't know that I was or wasn't doing things correctly or incorrectly. It was the unknown, I guess. The fear of investing a bunch of money to to get what? Because I'd never really had what I really wanted, right? So I didn't really have a mental equivalent for what I wanted to be able to receive. And so I guess that was probably the biggest fear. And how did I overcome it was that the the fear that I had that I would continue to live the rest of my life feeling the way that I did was greater than my fear of the unknown. I think it's probably as simple as that, that I was sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. Yeah. And can you imagine not having said yes? (laughs) Oh my God. No, it has changed my whole entire, like I'm a completely different person. I feel like I'm a different person at work. I'm a different person in relationship with my son. 
I'm a different person in relationship with my parents. I'm a different person in relationship with my new partner. I am, I'm a whole new, so much more comfortable, authentic, happy, fulfilled me. And I cannot thank you enough. Oh, I'm just so grateful that you had the courage and the bravery to say yes and overcome that fear because it's your life, right? Like everyone that comes here, comes here for different reasons, really. But all of us have one thing in common and it's that we're no longer willing to settle for what we've had in the past. And to Mm -hmm. say yes to yourself, it is a big, bold, brave decision to make. And I'm just so happy that everyone that does says yes to themselves does because I I mean, I, I tell people this all the time. Like I could not imagine having not said yes to so many things that I had so many excuses to not do in my life. I mean, just let fear and doubt get the best of you. Nothing ever really changes. So Mm -hmm. thank you for saying yes to you. Oh, all the yeses, all the yeses. (laughs) Well, anything else that you want to share uh, with the audience? And I would just like to say um, to tell anybody out there who is contemplating joining the program or you're thinking about it, maybe on the fence for a multitude of different reasons, whether it's the inner work, whether you're pre-orgasmic, whether you're interested in developing other forms of pleasure, whether you are interested in understanding yourself better or others better or being able to relate better. For whatever reason, you may think that this could be for you. It is. It touches on every aspect of our lives. There isn't any stone that gets unturned in this program. And there are so many different common sense and real tools to use on a daily basis that will transform your life that I can't give a higher recommendation or a better testimony than that. It is life altering. You do the work, you will get the results. And I'm, although I'm sure that no two people's experience, just like as as it is in life, no two people's experience is the same. You will get out of it what you needed. And it's an amazing opportunity to love yourself. So you're worth it. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that, Amy. I super appreciate you. Mm -hmm. And I'm super loved having you and I'm going to miss you. (laughs) Loved having you too. I've loved having you too. And it won't be our, the last time our paths cross, my dear. You're not getting away that easily. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much, Tilly, for everything. <laughs> thank yes. you. Thank you. You're so welcome, my love. Thanks for joining us today. Bye-bye. Chances are, if you hear my voice right now, you might be a woman who struggles with lack of libido or desire, doesn't find sex that fulfilling or satisfying, or that's so busy and in your head that it's really challenging to drop in and actually enjoy sex when it happens. Yes, this podcast is here to help you with that. In each episode, I will be sharing everything I know to help you experience more pleasure in your sex life. But Let's face it, simply obtaining more information isn't going to change anything about your sex life. The thing is, being a high-achieving mom who's already in her head a lot and is strapped for time and energy, more information is not what you need, sweetheart. Alternatively, 
learning to rewire your body and your brain so you can get out of your head, be in your body and enjoy yourself is required. If you're really serious and committed to doing the embodiment practices, the somatic and the nervous system reprogramming, so you can experience epic sex in the bedroom and beyond, then I invite you to consider my Centrally Embodied Woman program. This is my signature program to teach and to coach high achieving moms like you. And it's how over 70 women have experienced a massive increase in their sexual desire and pleasure in the bedroom and beyond in less than four months. Through the program, you'll get deep, intimate coaching from me for 16 weeks, where I'll be able to personally guide you through your specific sex life and relationship struggles. And you'll also instantly join a sisterhood of other high-level women going through the same things to support you on the journey. On top of that, in addition to all of the coaching, the community, the accountability, the teachings, and the audio-guided embodiment practices and meditations, when you join the Centrally Embodied Woman program, you'll get lifetime access to our member library with new bonus content that we're continually adding in. And by the way, the program does help you to become a multi-orgasmic mama too. So yes, you can rely on just the information I share with you here. And yes, you may get the pleasure education you never got growing up. You may grow the ovaries enough to break the ice with your partner and have a meaningful conversation about your sex life, or you could take the shortcut and get the support you're going to need right off the bat. So if you're ready to commit to doing what it takes to have epic sex and pleasure in the next four months, then click the link in the show notes and fill out an application for the Centrally Embodied Woman program, and you'll be on your way to joining my magical world of multi-orgasmic motherhood and fast-tracking your journey to a thriving sex life and relationship today. Once again, hit the link in the show notes to apply for the Centrally Embodied Woman, and I'll see you there in the program.